When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the realms of Middle-earth to the shores of the Undying Lands and the shadows over Mordor in between, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsuck, and we are about to dive into Episode 8, the season finale of the first season of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. The director of this fine episode, Wayne Che Yip. Writers, Jennifer Hutchinson. Also working with J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. Identities are revealed, truths are uncovered, and it is time to take some big steps forward on the journey. Unless you've got a friend, then that's an adventure. We've all had questions in Episode 8 of the Rings of Power has answers. And even more questions. The finale took some swings as Galadriel's, uh, Galadriel's faced with a devastating truth. The elves race against time and the High King Google adds certain uh, deadlines or, you know, we'll give you three months to craft those very rings we've been hearing all about. And the stranger... Starts to feel mighty familiar. Let's close out season one of Rings of Power as we have uh, time to do that a couple years, but not as much time on the show. I'm Ken Napsuck. Yeah, joined, uh, luckily, fortunately, by Alden Diaz and Rachel Cushing Levine. Uh, and I'll say this up top before I welcome you all into the panel here. I am rushed. So if this episode, if this deserves a three hour discussion, we might be about an hour. I'm heading out on the road. Stand-up comedy, comedy get in the way of my nerd talk again. I apologize, but don't worry. If you feel shortchanged by a shorter conversation, we're going to do a uh, Q&A in uh, the week or so. Uh, after this episode, live, you guys are going to interact with us because we're also not done necessarily processing what went down this episode. That is my opening manifesto, like I'm Nemec from Andor. <laughs> Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I, I welcome another week's worth of um, digesting because Alden and I just discussed it while we were off air that we both immediately went back to episodes <laughs> like two and three and started rewatching all the Hellbrand scenes. <laughs> so um, I want to do that. I think I want to do an entire series rewatch and yeah. really get down to how they structured this. Because at the end of the day, I'd said in a couple of our past discussions that I was like, the show is called Rings of Power. All right, show, you gave me rings of power. And <laughs> I really, really liked how we got here. And there yeah. was some absolutely stellar, like best of this season moments yeah. in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, tears, out loud exclamations. They answered a bunch of questions while still leaving us with wanting more. I, I honestly think they nailed the landing. Uh, I agree with that. Not that there isn't questions, uh, right. lore leaps, all those kind of things. And I think in this world where uh, nerd punditry sometimes goes the way of sports, you win or you lose, we like to find that uh, middle. We see what's there. We engage with what's presented to us in the story. Mm. We celebrate what we love. We maybe open and be, be open and honest with what we struggle with. And yeah, looking back, Alden, uh, we have some reviewings of, of prior episodes to see Hey, that made me feel a certain way. Was I meant to feel that? Was I tricked into feeling mm -hmm. that? Was I coerced? Was Sauron at work in the show itself? Hi, Alvin. Hey, hey, Ken. And, you know, I just want to say, while I'm processing my thoughts, I will be developing new rings so that you have more time oh. uh, in this in this world. Okay. That we don't have to lose you so Thank quickly you. again. Thank you. Uh, that, exactly. That's one of my favorites, oh. one of my specials. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely a a case of some of the highest highs period. Mm -hmm. And also I think one of the most challenging for me mm -hmm. of did, did I get duped along with characters or did they do almost a meta duping? That was almost <laughs> yeah. the way that they do. Like the, the way that people throw around the term emotionally manipulative, like specifically yeah. episode five now, which was my favorite up till this point mm -hmm. next to seven has, has become a little bit of a sticking point. And I was up until 5.30, almost 6 Eastern, sitting there like, does the Numenor montage matter anymore? <laughs> does, it, does it change? And But you know what? Maybe I'm supposed to be. 
Yeah. And with a character who's one of his key monikers is the deceiver, I guess yeah. maybe you have to go that far. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my goodness, I will say the good in this episode, I mean, it's all good, mm-hmm. but the great, specifically yeah. the Hartfoots, I've yeah. shed tears at TV in recent years. Yeah. I haven't ugly cried at TV in a long time. I was like full yeah. <laughs> yeah. at And the tissue box right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. So true. I'm with you both on that. Yeah. And look, we could, we're going to discuss it. Obviously we're going to get to the big reveals probably even more than the themes in this episode. There's a lot of, I mean, my list of themes is long, but we might not get to all of them because the reveals are so big and so important and do tie into the themes as always. But yeah, no, it, you know, without giving spoilers for Andor and getting too into that, there was a, 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 a thing that happened where you became attached to a moment. And then the moment, the context of it changed because the information changed and sometimes it hurts your soul as a fan, where you're like, but I, I got invested in that. I was invested in those moments, and uh, it hurts a little bit. And I think this episode, uh, you know, whether or not we were predicting that was Saren all along, that was one of our leading predictions. It just, mm-hmm. you know, they did a good job. The manipulation was strong, and uh, Rachel will begin with that. Uh, my overall reaction first, it's fast-paced with the lore. The show is very fast-paced with the lore. There's a great quote. Uh, three weeks for that labor that could take three centuries. Like, the show knows what it's doing. Uh, but I think it's well-paced in this show. And we've talked along the way about the legalities and what the words they can even say, what they have access to. Uh, it's very hard, and I get it. The Tolkien lore, more than any other lore, might be hard to separate from. Rachel, I think you've done a wonderful job of acknowledging what you struggle with, acknowledging the questions that you have, but also engaging with what is here. So I want to start here the, the, with the lore, the pace, and the big reveals. Where's your heart at right now? Um, like I said up top, like it, it, it tech, it ticked all the boxes in ways that I thought they might. And then ways I never thought that they, they would go. Mm-hmm. And, um, if we want to talk about some possible meta lines in the whole thing, the one that came, struck me was when Celebrim Bohr says, how can we do more with less? And I just, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, that's the series. <laughs> They had a handful of pages in the appendices of Return of the King and then some allusions to different things in the Silmarillion, but that's what they had to work with and what they gave us to build upon that, to grant us surprises and fantastic new characters and twists, but still make it fit the lore and fit the, the... the feel that Tolkien wanted these stories to invoke. Mm. I mean, nailed it. Like, yeah. really. I mean, there's there's little things here and there and, and like the mithril of it all. But I it did what it needed to do. It did tie into if the elves are failing, are fading and they have to leave these shores. What can they do to stay? What the, what can mm-hmm. they do to prolong, to preserve all of that? And that's mm-hmm. what the three elven rings do. Like that mm-hmm. is that was established in the lore, so that the fact that they just took this detour into Mithril to keep the dwarves involved and everything, but still come back mm-hmm. to that point, which is mm-hmm. a very important point about the Elven Rings and the Elven culture and everything else. I was like, you did it! Yeah. Like you came up yeah. with a weird myth. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. And you know you can be nitpicky about it, but it still fulfills what Tolkien set out to yeah. say. Well, yeah, yeah. And that to me is uh, just a sign that these writers and these creators cared about what Tolkien had to say, yeah. but mm-hmm. also let's find different ways to get there so that everybody can go on a journey, can go on an adventure yeah. through this season while we get to this point. I, I just, <laughs> I really, I really love what you just said there. I really do. I, I really think that was a great way. Uh, you, you've been all open and honest all way on this journey. Um, this is something that, this, this this property has so many fans because it's moved so many lives. And look, uh, uh, Alden and I have less skin in this game. Not having, I don't have an Elvish tattoo anywhere. I don't have anything, you know, like that. But Star Wars, oh, there's other properties. I, I'm a big Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, and sometimes there's different versions of the story. Some of them told by Douglas himself, and you kind of become attached to what you know. I, I maybe you don't have this answer right now, Rachel, but. But it, what what is the challenge, particularly with Tolkien, where, where you've grown up with this and something new comes along and asks you to look at it in a different way? What is the challenge? Is, is it just simply letting go to what you know, letting go of familiar? Is this uh, sometimes moving off the trail of lore? Is it just an adventure mm-hmm. uh, some fans might be afraid to take because it changes, might change what they knew in the past and therefore they can't learn anything new? Yeah, uh, nicely done, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's... 
especially when you attach yourself to a property from a young age, you always take things literally at their word. You read the word. That's the way it happened. That's the way these things are. These, that's the way these, these characters are. So when somebody comes along and changes that you're immediately your hackles go up. That's not what they did. That's not what they were like, but what they did, what they were like was, only sketched to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And so as long as they do what they're supposed to do and they eventually are like what they're supposed to be like because Tolkien had intention with mm-hmm. doing those things and writing those things, you mm-hmm. can get around to it in different ways. And I mean, and Galadriel is such a brilliant example about it because she was my favorite, one of my favorite characters regardless from, from reading since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. She was never a warrior, though. Mm. And so this show comes along and does that. And a lot of people were like, no, that's just that she never that was not a thing. But I'm also a person that's like strong female characters and character arcs and not in in three dimensional have faults, have arcs, all of that stuff. So Mm. if you do that, it's Mm -hmm. still you still I'm sorry. We're going to have to, I'm still going to process. You're still getting the heart. You're still (laughs) getting the ideas and Mm. the themes and what Tolkien wanted these characters to be about. That's still there. Now they're just going about it different ways that don't necessarily contradict what was written because it was thinly written. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it still can be, I get it. I get the knee jerk, like, Sure. That's not how that happened. Or you're yeah. playing with a chronology or, yeah. you know, all of these things. It, I get it. I do. Yeah. But I've always been somebody who understands adaptation because I love books so much and I love movies and mm-hmm. television so much. Mm-hmm. I'm the first one to say what works on a page doesn't work on a screen. Yeah. And they both have valid ways of telling stories and yeah. Uh, and you, and they're both valid ways for you to take them in, if that makes sense. Um, so, and they're each their own. And look, if you like the books and the show's changes are too much for you, the books are still there. Mm-hmm. Those characters, those stories, everything about that is still there. You can still love those. And this interpretation is just your cup of tea. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I yeah. can, I can understand that. As long as it's not about you being mad about a black elf, because that just yeah, that's not true. Then you're then you're done. Now, I mean, just to build on that, like my my comment is Adam West is my Batman as much as Robert Pattinson's my Batman. They're Batman. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's if if the soul is the same. Now we can debate when I feel that soul is lost. There are some recent films in that regard that I would argue <laughs> did that, um, and and that's that's the nitty gritty, but. Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy and the animated Hobbit are both Hobbit to me. And they're very different. So different. Celebrimbor, some people's Celebrimbor is the video game Celebrimbor. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know better because that was a game that was a hit. And there you go. Um, but what is it saying? You know, we talked about those rings, the building of the rings and, and the actual ins and outs of the construction to the point of where you get into the mythical alchemical mechanics of one <laughs> their Celebrimbor says well it's that is a problem that we don't have because i think their original plan it sounded like was to give every elf a pocket watch sized <laughs> piece and then that doesn't work okay well we can do a big thing that's not going to work we have nothing except this so can we put it on a being that is so powerful that he they're basically trying to turn gilgalad into a wi-fi router in the most like <laughs> yeah. base terms, like can we get someone to emanate it out and to explain that? Yeah, runs the risk, and they wrote it so well, but it runs the risk of are we putting how over why, which you talk about with Joseph and Jennifer from Four Center all the time, Ken. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're telling me all this, but where's the personal element of this? And then to mm-hmm. add the it was going to be two, and it's three because of the horror she just experienced. It's three because of the security that she knows they need. It's three because she wants in on it, and she's trying to own what she feels is a mistake. It's three because it's personal, and it is forged with Finrod's legacy because it's personal. Yeah. That is like this big like fantasy, this is Giant, the magic yeah. idea, but then it's still people, and yeah. I just love that. 
Yeah, I, I think in, uh, the, the the phrase uh, letter of the law uh, versus spirit of the law uh, or mm-hmm. anything related to that kind of idea mm-hmm. comes to mind here where, yeah, they, they the spirit is there. Again, there's going to be moments that you might go over with, moments you might have questions with. And I think I just always in this in this nerd pungentry world, I just try to get people to not gatekeep themselves out of any potential joy. And I think this series, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, that happens. Yeah, it happens. And, and, and not maliciously and not, there's some people who want to go out and take other people's joy, but other people might shut off. But again, not everything is for you. That's an opening statement, but we got some bigger things to get to. We got big things yeah. to get to. All right. We got big reveals. We got, uh, you know, I don't know, the stranger as a wizard. We're going to talk about that. It, it, not quite Gandalf, blue wizard still. Is there still room? There's definitely some stuff that uh, it seems very familiar. Uh, we got uh, the death of Tal, uh, Tal, uh, Tar Palantir uh, and also the re- revelation. I like that he's been taking hits off the, the Palantir. Uh, I, I like that as well. Uh, and, and discussing that. Gilgalad turning down the crown. You talked about that, not wanting to be a Wi-Fi router. But, uh, you know, this big one here. Vegas odds had Hal Bren, uh leading in the Sauron pool. There were some great doubts. There were some moments of well, how are we going to get here? Which king theories? All of them. We were talking about that. You were behind that one as well. But Sauron yeah. is the answer, was the answer. Appears uh, that it was always the answer. Let's dive into this big reveal. Rachel, uh, I'll start with you because the relation to Galadriel and Sauron and their connection and the words he was saying, man, it was, uh, I loved it, even though it also made me look, look back at what I had already accepted. Uh, your thoughts <laughs> so far? Yeah, this was the highlight for me. Um, you know, I, I never cared about being justified in, in, in having that theory or, or anything yeah. else. Same. What mattered the most to me was that it worked. And that's why I went back and rewatched a handful of early Halbrand scenes and their interactions with each other. Because the best part of this episode, in my opinion, is when he gets into her mind and he is attempting to manipulate her, to coax her into accepting his viewpoint, his outlook on this. He, like like every great villain, he thinks he's the hero because he wants to heal yeah. Middle Earth. And there is some precedent in Tolkien's writing that Sauron might have been willing to repent after Mm. Morgoth was captured. Now, it could have been out of fear. Tolkien wrote it pretty um, uh, obliquely, so, like, it's not sure. But the idea that he was a Maya first, he was a good soul that was corrupted, and, you know, with the death and the defeat of the big bad, you know, where does Sauron see himself? What does he find himself wanting to do? Mm. And... I like that much like this entire show, even Sauron is not pure, pure evil, at least not yet. Or there was room in there. And that room was where we all fell for Halbrand. That because I think that this some of those moments are genuine. I think he does feel some kind of kinship with connection with Galadriel because of things that they have done and gone through and the way that they look at things. Like, I think that's actually genuine. I don't think that was entirely manipulation on his part. Um, And Mm -hmm. so when you get to this sequence where you're going through her memories and he is just twisting and talking in such a way that like, you almost could see her falling for it. And then the shot of all shots when they're on the raft and he says, look down <laughs> and it turns and you see the possible future. Cause this episode is so much talking about reconciling past and possible future that happens yeah, yeah. in a number of storylines. Yeah. And, and you see the Galadriel that now we all remember from fellowship and even the Hobbit films. And he mm-hmm. uses the lines of dialogue from her, the foundations, yeah, the foundations. of the earth. Like, I was just like, I was screaming. I was like, this yeah. is everything. This is such the exact way Sauron would have gone about it because he is the deceiver. He is the manipulator. He appears as a friend and what he says sounds good, sounds right. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to reconcile with that. And the way that she does is it, it just, and her acting like she's so torn and she's crying, talking to her brother, but it's not her brother and she has to resist. And the calling back to the brother, you have to touch the dark to know the light. And if it's upside down, how do you tell which is which? And then the shot. Yeah. And then I was just like, give me yeah. all of this. Like, it And it's really- like by the time you get to fellowship now, it's like 
during her test like totally differently yeah like oh so she's not just like it's not just a test that came out of nowhere it's the was he right yeah Mm -hmm. thousands of years later was he right yeah Yeah. um which is freaky and weird and you know ken like we love a join me scene like there's a there's how many join me scenes have we seen across that other fantasy at del taco i think i already did join me at del taco uh, I, I, yeah, I want to uh, jump in here and then and I'll bring in here and, and Rachel, no, please. By, by all means, uh, more on the way. I, I love uh, all the things you're saying here. And it was so effective because uh, every every line Halbrand says is true from a certain point of view. Right. Uh, to talk mm. uh, about another wizard sitting on a log. Uh, if, if, even the line here, I'll never forget that. And I'll see to it that no one else does either. It's like, Whoa. I know. So ominous. <laughs> but if you go back and this is you guys, are, you, you both are already doing this. You're going back and looking. And that's going to be part of the fun. Uh, it is not just about the reveal. It's about the journey there. We always said if, if Sauron was the answer and Halbrand, or Halbrand was the answer, then it, it is about, hey, it's not the mystery. It's it's how everyone reacts to uh, maybe the mystery of the journey there. That's the, there. But one of the things, there's, a, there's already some theories out there, and I, and I actually kind of like it, but I think it... Uh, uh, like like all conspiracy theories, it 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 removes yourself from dealing with the actual truth. Um, <laughs> did, did you know? Did Halbrand actually die uh, there? Uh, and and Sauron, who's maybe already hanging out there, slides in and takes his place. I've already started to see that kind of uh, out there, <laughs> and that's comforting. But I think it lessens the impact because of what you're saying, Rachel. Halbrand, I think, does have some moments along the way that are very sincere. That's why it hurts. For Galadriel, that's why it hurts for oh, us. Lord. That is why yeah. uh, when our trust is played with, it's going to cut even deeper. And I think that's why I think all, a lot of their interactions, I think along the way, whether he viewed her in a certain way from the beginning, but then comes to grow, that, se- se- uh, that scene sitting on the log after the big yeah. fight, I felt, I, I, I do think it was all real. And I think not mm. that he would necessarily had a super struggle, which way do I go, light and dark, but just that, you know, he was feeling things and he believes his story from a certain point of view. He believes he wants to heal through power. So that's why they yeah. both felt something real and Alden, it hurts even deeper because of it. It does. I mean, all the embargoed interviews now with the performers come out and he talks about in his audition that he got something, he got yeah, Shakespeare and he got Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I had to do, he's like, I was Satan. I was doing the Satan monologue in my audition and they, he didn't know he was Halbrun. I was saying off air, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel, before you, you joined the call, that he didn't know he was Halbr- uh, he was Sauron until they were filming episode three. They shot two full ones, took the COVID break. He came back from the COVID break and they told him. And so <laughs> for that to still be cohesive is a feat in of itself. And in that, in the Lucifer sort of analog there, like he, he can never be, and they, they've already thrown out Tony Soprano and Walter White in their conversations, which are very, that's just, that to me, I think is talking about iconicness, mm-hmm. iconic, iconic quality, uh, not necessarily um, arc, but it's, it's that idea of yeah, yeah. he can never, we should never get to the point where we're like, you know, Kylo renning it of he can come back. I still have faith. No, you, we need to lose faith at some point, yeah. especially as yeah. he approaches that. But to understand like what you said, Rachel, that he was, this guy, he comes from the same plane as Gandalf and as Radagast, like not the same status, but the same, the same still Valinor, still the beyond. Like he was once this being and he to be able to play that in to his ideology and his methodology to connect it back to thematically to Adar, but also to have Celebrimbor unknowingly quoting Adar's descriptions Great of what scene. he was going to do. Morpheth playing the realizations is genius. Um, that all works so well. I was saying off air, I struggle a little bit, and I alluded to it already, with episode five specifically of the throwing down the pendant and then picking it up and then the very righteous ending because mm-hmm. there are no other characters there. It's not like that thing we don't want to spoil in Andor or like in other things where there are other characters. It's not like the Shrieking Shack and Prisoner of Azkaban where you could make an argument that Thulis and Gary Oldman are playing that a little too villainous, but they're in on something that we're not. And where are the kids? Right. There's no one around in some of Halbrand's things that I think are a little like, no. kind of like Han and Leia saying our son, our son, our son and force awakens. Cause mm-hmm. parents don't talk like that. So there's a little bit of that. Like the show is doing it more than the characters are. Right. Right. This right. Is makers and us. No, not no witnesses. Creative. So why is he acting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No witnesses. Yeah. Why are you doing that? There's a little bit of that that I struggle with, but they, Mm-hmm. sold it so well here that mm-hmm. they've sort of earned any like i'll give you that like they've earned that mulligan and mm-hmm. it's so in the distance now and now you can recontextualize that as is he deciding on what phase of the villain plan am i going into 
Yeah. You know, like, is, is it I'm going to am I going to work on Farazan and these people or is this the better route now? Yeah. That's what yeah. that now plays as, regardless of Bear McCreary's score being beautiful and heavenly. <laughs> now that that's what that is. See, yeah. uh, you're hurt, so Alden. Alden, you're hurt. You that's what it hurt. is. I really think I am. And, I, I, and I'm hurt. And, you know, I, I saw when the when the raft shot turned upside down, I heard the, mm-hmm. the thousand fanfics being written. And it's like sometimes you... Yeah. It was just fine, by the way. Uh, I don't want that's not a shot. It's just, they're hot. They're really hot. They yeah. are. Um, there, there's the that moment when you are doing nerd punditry stuff, where you get lost for a second because you know that you have to process it and have an opinion. Yeah. But then you get mad at yourself for not staying in it. Yeah. Because it. you're in it, so you end up in a back and forth. Like I'm watching that, and I'm like, like when he said the consider it a gift, I was like, all right, we're in. Yeah, like yeah. this is it, the Lord of Gifts, and I. Then I started being out of the episode, yeah, yeah. And I kept saying, "Stop, stop, stop, stop." Oh, gotcha. Let it be what it is. Let it be yeah, what it is. Yeah. They haven't done the reveal yet. Yeah. Um, and once I really got in on that second watch, it worked so beautifully because of character, because of the stuff we talked about with Galadriel, because she, yeah, she gave the, her sword to Theo in the last yeah. one and acknowledged who she used to be and started to become Galadriel, the sister and wife and dancer and all those things again. But melting Finrod's dagger mm-hmm. was the was sort of the screw you to Sauron in a lot of ways of like I no longer I'm no longer a singular being meant for killing you. I can be more other. I can be other. Yeah, things. yeah. She, she, yeah. This is someone who could not give up the fight, could not stop. Yeah, I think that's a a, a great point there. A great point there. Uh, Rachel, some year. Uh, I, I want to go back to you, but just talk about more of this here. There's some moments that I love that him crying, Sauron crying with relief. Um, and, and retelling Morgoth's death, right? And that I had to heal everything. And he's, and he's actually crying there. Talk about sincere feelings. Uh, uh, that was one of my favorite moments, his line. Our past meant uh, nothing, weighed against our future. You kind of said that mm-hmm. playing with the idea of redemption. Any other moments uh, kind of tug on your heartstrings? Are you hurt, Rachel? Are you hurt? Yeah, I mean, just because of the the hope that he actually did sort of instill in her, yeah. And also I was just thinking about the Southlanders and Arendir and Bronwyn and Theo, like the last time they saw him, they were cheering their King. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and now the loss of that. Um, and it, and it's just a, an idea of it's manipulation, but it's also genuine. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't think as, Alden was alluding to, I don't think Sauron had a point by point plan. He didn't know he was going to find Galadriel in this, in the ocean. He didn't mm-hmm. know that they were going to get picked up and brought to Numenor. He knows he wants Mordor to be unleashed. He knows he has an enemy in Adar mm-hmm. and he knows he wants to create uh, some sort of power, uh, uh, not of flesh, but over flesh, something from the unseen world. We know that that has been a goal. Yeah. So when he was in Numenor, I actually thought that maybe he was thinking, these are the smiths that right. I can find a way to create this. Mm-hmm. But Galadriel has, you know, convinced the Numenorians to send an army to Mordor. So what's the better choice for me to do yeah. right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is he also goals? consumed by vengeance? You know, I mean, obviously, he and Adar, Adar had a fight. Yeah. Adar yeah. thought he killed him. Thought he killed him. So, like, the case, but is like, he doing to Adar what Galadriel's doing to him? Yeah. And you know? that that those parallels. I mean, I you're obviously the our lore master, and there's tons of like Tolkien experts and threads that I've been reading about how an argument can be made that if he's the Joker, Galadriel's Batman. Like, if you have to pick a, a Sauron arch nemesis, it's her that he, he she might be the being that he's the most afraid of. Peter Jackson had that great thing in the, in the Hobbit, I think in the third one, where she shows up and mm-hmm. just without swords, just blasts him away and halts his progress in that moment. And she's the only one that can, even above Saruman and, and mm-hmm. Elrond in that moment. And so to see that sort of play out, it's sort of like, it doesn't go as far as, you know, we're, you're not, we're not so different, you and I. It's not that mustache twirling, <laughs> yeah. but it's all laid out. Like, it's all there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I for one enjoyed this strong connection between them, between them, including yeah. you know some of the heat in a way. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's uh, I'm going to write my romantic fanfic there, Alton, but uh, 
You know, I, so I, I, the, I felt the connection all the way around was real, recognizing, uh, you know, kindred spirit in the other person. And that's part of the pain that goes on here. Uh, and and, and the, the recontextualizing, it's so funny because, again, legally not connected to the Jackson world. We, we, we have those discussions uh, again. We'll have, we've had them before. Um, but you, you both uh, talked about it, but watching uh, Jackson's trilogy, especially the opening, you're going to you're going to see it differently. Watching her get tested by Frodo, you're going to see it differently. I love that. I love that. I love that when a series like Kenobi can do that. I love that when series like something that I grew up with new hope and that I can have new yeah. context to experience it with my heart first more than my brain. I, I love that. And, and, and I think uh, it sounds like, Rachel, this this right now is having that effect, even though you're still processing a lot of it with uh, yeah because what what it looks like to me and what i always understood from the books but i do think the show is is really grasping the idea that the elves will eventually pass the torch Mm -hmm. to humans and hobbits to do the thing that they weren't ever able to do and so this is showing the elves in you know more of the heyday than in the third age where basically they're relegated to three realms. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Three rings Um, that are, (laughs) are prolonging their life and giving them the chance to stay in middle earth for at least a little bit longer, clean Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. You know, here we see that we have a region and Linden and all of the, 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 the culture and their strength and beauty and power Mm-hmm. And we see it start to fall, but they find a way to stem that tide. Yeah. And they, I'm sure, are thinking so that it gives them the time to do what they still haven't been able to do, which is defeat this evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing what we know in the Fellowship and then what happens in the Third Age, I love the idea of they fight the fight until they can't anymore. Yeah. And then they pass the torch to what they the to probably a very um, unsuspecting, like they don't have a high opinion of men and they're not even aware of Harfoots and later Hobbits. They don't just pass it to, it's not like they pass it to Numenorians. It's low men. Yeah. As as Gilgalad says, the low man. He's so good. He's amazing. (laughs) It's it's, it's just, it's fun because you know the end. So you can see the arc starting to play out in that way, much as we can see yeah. the arcs playing out for Galadriel and for Elrond yeah. and yeah. everything else. So, oh, you know, uh, uh, sorry, actually we have a King Durin the third in the comments says he will not help them cheat death, Rachel. So he's, <laughs> he's, 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 well, he doesn't care. King Durin the third has left the conversation. And um, <laughs> uh, again, the time remaining, we still got plenty of time left here, but I uh, apologize for moving along a bit. I do want to talk about the stranger. We want to get to that. The Harfoots. Uh, no, yeah, I too ha- was shedding tears at that. There, we always love discussing the themes and, and this is the, the Sauron uh, stuff. The, the Again, I, I'm, I'm calling him Sauron because I, I have to accept that I have to let go that good guy that Hal Brand I was like one I think that's why they did with. the hashtag he's the only character that has a hashtag emoji and they were like no more Hal Brand no more hashtag <laughs> yeah he was a He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, a lot of themes come rolling out of this, and 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 maybe can help lead us into the conversation about the stranger. But but uh, the, the idea of pride and power, healing versus controlling, to save or rule. I see no differences, Sauron. There, yeah. the idea your actions, not your name. That's big in, in fantasy stuff. That's big in hero's journey stuff. Uh, your name, your family, what we, what people tell you are is not who you are, and not who you have to be. A love. Nori's line was one of the best. What a what a great fantasy myth line. Only you can show what you are. You choose, but what you do. Ah, I love that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nori stuff is always hidden. Uh, so a lot of that there, and there's some bigger things going. Death, endings, stepping forward versus accept- accepting your fate, sacrifice. You mentioned uh, mm-hmm. Alden uh, uh, Galadriel's sacrifice here, giving up Finrod's dagger. A lot of big things there. Anything uh, you guys uh, just uh, gravitated to as well with these themes as we start looking towards the stranger. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of talk about reconciling the past and the present. Yeah. You know, um, Tar Palantir talking about not being able to tell yeah. the difference anymore within the Palantir. That's what okay. Sauron's talking about. Like he even says to Gladriel, "You told me I could let go of the past. You said it. Like you told me that. You, said you know, I'm good. You said and I'm good. in order to look to the future, just another great twist yeah. of everything that they had been through and how she saw it versus how he is now." Uh, stating a different perspective on it, yeah. if you will. Sauron is media literate, much like Rhaenyra and House of Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Sauron, Sauron watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really loved yeah. that idea, because, and it ties into choice, too, because yeah. 
so so often the characters are saying trusting in a higher power you know things mm-hmm. are laid out the way they are i mean you could even say the mystics you know just making this assumption like falling oh, yeah. star that's sauron without understanding that choice um and mm. Mm. interpretation of past and hope for the future all is wrapped up in you can make a difference you can make a different choice and change potentially the path forward um and it it, i liked how it touched on like all of them Mm -hmm. and then the the theme that you talked about sacrifice i was thinking about cost because of um what miriel and ellen deal Mm. talk about a little bit of heat just gonna put that out there like Mm. that 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 seemed like Mm. a real moment but anyway uh they say that the way of the faithful is committing to pay the price even if the cost cannot be known and trust Mm. that in the end it will be worth it Mm. and for ellen deal the cost has already been astronomical Mm. um honestly miriel as well you know so the and, and that is the case in all of the stories. I mean, even though they they helped the stranger, Sadok didn't make it. Uh, and mm, you know, and, and then you have the reveal with Sauron and, mm. and um and everything. So there's there's always a cost, but oh, yeah. you still make the choice. You still make your feet go where your heart might not want to because it's the right choice. And I've mm, all, well all of the stories, like they have done such a good job of making all of the stories mirror each other in these themes and in these terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I honestly, first episode aside, I think the writing has been spectacular. Love it. They really series. got it. It just okay. feels so grand, but also those, those really human themes are always there. Like this, mm-hmm. It, it, it is appropriately quotable and the speechifying is beautiful and <laughs> it just feels right. And that's part, that is as yeah. much of Lord of the Rings fandom as it is in Star Wars fandom. I, you know, I was just going to say that because I, I, what I love, uh, Galadriel says all I could do was swim and pray I'd chosen wisely. And, 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 and in saying that, I was thinking, man, there's, this series all the way through has just had wonderful quotable lines, which is why <laughs> I do go to Lord of the Rings. When I'm down yeah. and I'm depressed, I want to see Elrond give uh, the, the the sword to Aragon. I, I that scene lifts yeah. me up, and, and, and it's like yeah. uh, I don't have I don't have the tattoo yet, Rachel. But like the, the lines, <laughs> that's that's part of the reason we come to this stuff. That's why this works as not just mm-hmm. pop culture, but our culture. It is modern myths. It is storytelling. It is things that affect our lives. That's why we're here. I'm not here for reactions. I'm not here just for mystery box stuff. You're, Sauron is doing the deep dive podcast, which scares me all. Then he's not doing a reaction video. <laughs> I'm not there for this stuff. I'm not there for yeah. this stuff because yeah. Sauron has the uh, Sauron yeah. has the actually the Jedi were the villains. Yeah. That's his. That's his take for sure. Taking, yeah, no, ta- it's yeah taking these shows in on the surface level just flitters away. It's nothing to me. Uh, but the, the lines <laughs> and making them quotable uh, and taking them with you and, and God, it's it's beautiful stuff. I, I really like that you pointed that out. That is one of the reasons to buy a ticket. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, and moving into that that Nori Stranger stuff even more, like mm-hmm. with the idea of of choice and this the second or third time I brought up Batman in this episode, that's the core of the Bale version is it's not, it's what I do that defines me. It's not who I am underneath. And, and for Nori to also be media literate, knowing that staff looks good. Like we're in an RPG, like here, <laughs> take this, do something. Good. Like, here's a piece of equipment that could be useful. Uh, that, that moment of, of I'm good. Is it very, very modern and very TV? Yes. Do I care? No, that, that whole moment of, the star, the, and then the hero <laughs> shot. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. Like that was the, yeah. and you're immediately, if you know what a star means, you're, you're like, <gasps> like you're processing the fact that it's just been said. Yeah. So now we have narrowed our options down from anything to five. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, wow. And, and the way that uh, Daniel, Daniel Wayman, right. Yeah. D- yeah. Daniel Wayman, the way he steps into the, fully unlocked version of the performance mm-hmm. where it's it's yeah it's slowly bubbling and it's fearful and then when he's on the ground it's that they showed me what i am mm-hmm. but then when he stands up he didn't go full on direct to the shutter like he could mm-hmm. have yeah you know he's not he didn't he didn't play his hand that and i, I think he doesn't even know who he is he, he's according saying, to he, he's saying yeah, in interviews know. that are just released so yeah this week you're right he's yeah. like i haven't yeah, even he doesn't sh- know. shot my stuff in season two yet i don't know yeah, which, we'll you know, yeah. always fun to see if it's a misdirect yeah. and we'll laugh about it later. Sure. But that when he said the, is it, you, you come from shadow, you you rose from shadow. Uh, from shadow, you came to shadow, I bid you return. Yeah. yeah. 
It's just it, enough she, of a twist on yeah, the Balrog. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, Rachel didn't write these down. She just no, already knows them. No. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the whole the whole energy there was so powerful, and to validate Nori, mm-hmm. and that that she was right, that these people were right, um, that the small folk saw things that you didn't see is part of why you love Lord of the Rings, particularly as a child. Mm-hmm. Like one of my most formative memories is seeing Pippin save Faramir and that, that these, they're going to burn him alive. Like mm-hmm. I remember as a child being like, would somebody listen? Like, because they get it. They have the, the closer to the ground perspective, literally and thematically. Yeah. The fact that she was able to this whole time to believe and that she never, the show never went to the, and now they're, they're have a, they have a problem with each other because of his accidental, you yeah. know, freezing of her arm and stuff. Like it never went to easy places it yeah. kept the integrity of the character and she was able to change the community around her. Yeah. And seeing them Absolutely. send her off collectively, it wasn't just the family. It was everyone. Her uh, mother. Oh, be careful. And the mother's no <laughs> Marigold is no, you'll be bold. You'll yeah. be bold. <laughs> Broke me. And the way that it goes back to like, go see where the sparrows learn their songs. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I, well, I, I was, a mess. Well, well, I was packing this morning. I watched episode one again, just to kind of be like, I, I know there's a lot of callbacks. Let me relive it. And, and I started to get emotional again on that. Just seeing like the full, the full arc of, of uh, Nori and, uh, uh, Poppy, I, everyone though the Harfoots. Uh, oh my god, the Poppy. Why does everyone I love always leave? Oh god, uh, killed me. Yeah, and I yeah. really thought that they were gonna. I know that they set her up as like the new trail finder, which yeah. I, I'm okay with. But like, mm-hmm. how can we not Bro. see Nori <laughs> as Frodo and Poppy as yeah. Sam? And I'm like, you take your Sam with you. <laughs> like, I was actually kind of mad that Poppy it was with them. It, it's it's a weird instance that I was talking to, to Nikki about this in yeah. our, our 3 a.m. conversation about the episode. It's an interesting, almost almost unprecedented thing. I mean, maybe maybe like Star Trek or something has in one of the series I haven't seen in full, but the idea of we had a storyline and now literally everyone except two people are off the board, theoretically. Mm. Like, at least for a while. Like, the all these Harfoots just went to recurring minor character status. <laughs> And I am really going to miss them. Like they endeared me to the entire culture in eight episodes, which in total is maybe a couple of hours of combined Harfoot stuff. Yeah, the first it's one you really, really see is, is Sadok uh, going back to episode one, and and to lose him here, um, uh, Lenny Henry just did a wonderful job. Uh, uh, Going to miss that character, indeed. It got me too. But yeah, the poppy stuff. Yeah, I'm with you too, Rachel. I get it. Like, gr- congratulations on the promotion. Go go hang out with Nori. <laughs> like, go, go ahead <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But let's talk. We, we're going to get too far into this and not really talk about this reveal. I really like the play on it. Uh, you got the dweller, the aesthetic, and the nomad, uh, who are the uh, what I used to call the Icelandic pop band, following around the stranger. Uh, and we start right away. Uh, Rachel, I love that you what you said. They they think he's Sauron because they just can't uh, uh, comprehend choice <laughs> and factoring into your journey. That you are who we think you are, who you are, uh, who, who you, what you were. You know, you guys know the theme there I'm playing with. So I love the real, I love, I love the swerve and everything about it. Uh, I'm on board, regardless of who it might end up being. Is it Gandalf now the leader in the clubhouse? Yes, but now uh, we have a little room to debate that going forward. But uh, Rachel, just the reveal along the way, the, the, s- the sensing with the nose, the, the almost quoting things. How are you feeling about the stranger now? <laughs> Yeah, I have to say that like I was like, all right, they're leaning, they're leaning real hard, Gandalf, leaning. Gandalf, Gandalf, and then I got to ninety five percent sure he's Gandalf when he says, "When in doubt, follow your nose." I was yeah. like, "Jeez, like that." There it is. Um, I suppose, like I said, there's still maybe a five percent chance it is yeah. one of the other wizards, especially because they're going so far east, and that is where the blue wizards went. Right, right. Um, and uh, you, this is. M- messing with the chronology if you're going to say this is gandalf this is not how gandalf arrived on the shores of middle earth um yeah i don't know yet if that's an okay change i i Mm. think it probably would be but it's 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 certainly a bold one and that's one of the things that the show has definitely been bold about which is changing the the, not yeah. so much chronology, but like the compression of the yeah, years the mm-hmm. and different things happening concurrently. Mm-hmm. So this this very well could work, but I am very excited to see um, them go to Rune because that mm-hmm. is 
Mm. A land we read about, we know exists, have never seen. Tolkien did not go into a lot of detail about the people there, the different Mm. things there. And I love that the show has this now opportunity to explore a completely new corner of Middle Earth. And within that, help, if this is Gandalf, help him develop into Gandalf. Um, And also... There's, there's just, there's so many things. I mean, the fact that yeah. he's very, if this is Gandalf, that his very first, you know, memories involve Harfoots goes yeah. a long way to explain how much he, mm-hmm. why he loves hobbits, you know, and right. the next stage and everything else. Like it does work. Mm-hmm. I know I was at the beginning saying I didn't want it to be Gandalf. I wanted it yeah. to be some, to explore something a little bit newer, like a blue wizard, but I can't deny that they have, done well by the character in terms of developing him yeah. to yeah. this place and to yeah. being the the Gandalf that we all know and love again in the um the mm. Lord of the Rings film yeah. so saying some great things here uh, and then I'll get, I'll get you in on this stuff. uh but like I I yeah the blue wizard thing going going to runes great I if they could also swing by the the shadow by a shy in George Mar- R. R. Martin's world <laughs> so we can finally go to places that we hear about a lot but don't actually That'd be see great. a lot just yeah. swing in pick up Melisandre and head on up um <laughs> I, I like the idea of it still the possibility of it being a blue wizard uh something different but I've just think I was pulling back a little bit um if you're just swinging through if if you're just a Jackson fan maybe you read the books as a kid whatever or you're just like hey I hear about this fantasy show I'm going to check it out I've heard about mm-hmm. these characters um, if it isn't Gandalf in season two, and we wait two years for that, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment of, well, where's the all-star team I'm familiar with? And I'm not saying mm. that's how you yeah. approach it. I'm not saying that's what the show did. Well, we got to have some all-stars. I just, it, 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 it's going to be interesting if the reveal is not that because it, it, it's building towards that. And then they're playing it, I think in a good way. I think they're giving a, a yes, a different story, but it's all going to make sense for this world, this part of the story. I just, I have that thought in my head of just like, cool surprise. It's blue wizard number two. You'd be like, well, I want to get up yeah. a lot of the yeah. general fans. Um, and, and, and this yeah. show can only get it, get bigger with the love of general fans. So I, I just, I don't, it's, it's food for that on, on, on how they approach there. It. Yeah. And there's also even for us, lore people, like all the little things, like yeah. he's going to end up with one of the Elven rings. Yeah. Um, we, mm-hmm. so we know eventually Galadriel, Elrond and uh, Gandalf will get them. And Gandalf gets Narya, um, which is the ring of fire. And fire played such a crucial role in that honestly great fantasy fight sequence. I was, I really thought that was very well done. We don't get to see a lot of magic like that in Middle Earth. We only got hints of it from the wizards. Um, So to see a full blown fight in that way. And then just to see the Harfoots play what part they could in that, just throwing rocks and stuff (laughs) like that. I was like, oh, this is great. The bird calls. Yeah, the dweller. Yeah, yeah, the the bird Mm -hmm. calls. uh, The dweller getting hit with a rock was like, and Sadok with the last minute foot stab <laughs> yeah. was yeah. amazing. I just cheered. enough to like hold them off until mm. the stranger, you know, took a hold of himself and made the choice, yeah. which is which is wonderful. Yeah. That's exactly all all they would be able to do in that yeah. situation. They didn't they yeah. didn't become like heroes overnight and great yeah. fighters. But um, yeah, I love that. But yeah, I think that there's all these little things that that really lead us to this being Gandalf and you know, just taking a different road with him in yeah. terms of his character. And if he goes off to Rune for an extended period of time and then mm-hmm. does not come back, then he is arriving in Middle-earth closer to when he's supposed mm-hmm. to, in theory. Excellent. And then again, for the casual viewers and everybody else, they like the touchstones. You have yeah. a Galadriel, you have an Elrond, and now it looks like you probably have a Gandalf. So now you have characters to track into the stories that you know, the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you know, so yeah. yeah, great approach. Rachel says, "Hey, uh, she threw that big yet in there. You know, we'll see yet, yet, and being open to what's happened. I think that's important." Uh, but Alden, yeah, that's uh, that's where our thoughts are. Where are yours on Gandalf? The maybe? Yeah, for about uh, twelve hours now, I've been down a wizard rabbit hole on the internet, uh, <laughs> and I am now a, a Gandalf. I am what I am calling a Gandalf or a Gandalf the Blue or Blue Dolph Truther. You're um, Gandalf Truther, yeah. A theory has come up that I adore, which was, and again, we'll get more into this in the live episode. I'm not going to go into the whole thing here, but mm. Rachel, as you well know, way better than I, Gandalf as a Lauren, his, his, you know, his godly name, his actual true name before all the other ones was afraid of being sent down to help. Didn't want to go. Was afraid of Sauron, thought he was weak. And that's why, well, all more the reason why you should go. 
which, you know, very classic and those themes. Mm -hmm. People have theorized, what if he did come down once before the third age and got destroyed? Like, what if he loses in season three or four of this show, season five, and and he's died and come back and changed a color before? is that they could be combining. And then somebody pulled up this from Tolkien's last writings in the peoples of middle earth, that he revisited the issue specifically of the blue and said, yes, that the three core ones did stay in third age. That doesn't change. However, the blue might've come quote in the history of the second age and third age and weakening and disarraying the forces of the East who would have been both in the second and third ages and would have helped exactly with what we are dealing with in this show. Mm -hmm. So could this be, Gandalf the blue could this be Oloran the blue and then mm. he's gone and it was you know he carries his connection with him into the afterlife and a, and a greater return they it feels like they could set themselves up for something direct something very roundabout like well I did kind of leave and return kind of like what you were saying Rachel with sure. I left this region and then arrived again and <laughs> yeah or is this going to be some sort of really clever amalgam is this going to play with everything that they can feasibly play with yeah um is really interesting to me and i i love that he's so far it's like his, when, when he first they said istar and his energy came out and it was white yeah i was like oh god saruman like i had that mm-hmm. moment because saruman the white but then i know where he is like you pointed out in our last episode rachel he's where radagast will eventually be but then he's doing Gandalf things and there's a mop and then it's like, but you're going to rune, which is where the blue guys go. So it's, it's they've made all. all these cases with Gandalf being the top case. Yeah. But I think that almost like saying, yeah, Gandalf story happened the way you remembered and we're not changing anything. However, there's a Gandalf secret origin that <laughs> happened that is in there. If you want it, I think is a really interesting thing because he, it just, it thematically enhances so much. Like we we're talking about with like, Obi-Wan Kenobi and how it changes the way we watch things. Like, why would he see something in Bilbo Baggins that Bilbo Baggins didn't see in himself? Because of people like this. Mm-hmm. Because of people like Nori. And Nori answers the call in a much easier, more... Like, she, it, she has that almost Luke Skywalker quality of, like, I want to go with you to Alderaan and become a Jedi like my father. Like, she answers mm-hmm. that call way easier than Bilbo will. And Frodo's answering the call is a necessity. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's a, there's a there's a dread that hangs over what they have to do, yeah. whereas this comes down to friendship. I mean, this is the wholesome version of Arya and the Hound that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> this is going to fill that hole. I want to watch this guy walk around with his two feet sidekick, yeah, eating food. Where's Rune? You know where Rune is? Like yeah. I would watch a whole show of that because yeah, it's yeah. so well performed absolutely hopefully some chicken is consumed uh a lot there uh, good stuff all that indeed yeah I, I'm, I'm open to it i'm seeing it uh see where it goes I, I like the uh certain point of view false start idea but we'll see where it goes there any thoughts mm-hmm. on that rachel before we start to wrap up this episode again apologize it has to be quicker today that's on me uh but a wizard arrives exactly when he means to so we'll arrive at a live q a next week to do comedy yes <laughs> yeah so we'll all have time to process more and have a, a really great uh, episode next week yeah. uh with involving the fans and stuff too but um mm-hmm. but yeah like here's the thing the the show has proven that it will swerve off the track but still end up where it needs to in terms of staying true to tolkien yeah. so if they did it with Halbrand and they did it with Mithril and those stories and still landed where we needed to be, then I have no doubt they could do that with Gandalf in any number of ways. This theory certainly being a a possible one of them, the idea of um, the Maya dying, but then taking on another body and coming over again is certainly plausible. and, And I can see why people have come up with that idea. So I think that the the whole thing is this show is in some ways very much about all of us knowing certain plot points and certain characters and whatnot, and Mm -hmm. therefore playing the guessing game and who is Sauron. And I'm sure we're going to be like getting new characters and be like, well, who's going to be the witch king? Who's going to be the king of the dead? Like, because those were brought up and now no longer will be Halbrand, we'll be playing the same game. Yeah, we're already on Killiborn Watch. Yes, absolutely. It's, It's all fun Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's not even close to the main reason why i'm watching it's not the the point of the show the show is not doing a west world where like 
all they care about is giving you twist after twist after twist, you know, because we don't want you to guess ahead of time. That's not what these writers are considering and thinking Mm -hmm. about. And that's why I really, really love the balance of that. So we're going to have fun. Is it definitely Gandalf? Certainly seems like it, but you never know. And in the end, if it is or isn't, Mm -hmm. it is not going to lessen my enjoyment of all because it's not based on whether or not I can guess things in advance. It's based on the journey that they take to get us there. And if they do it right, a la Halbrand, I'm in. Absolutely. I think that's beautifully said. Yeah. Beautifully said uh, as all, and as always, and as if you've done for all seasons, it's been, it's just invaluable having uh, Rachel here for these discussions uh, because this world is in her heart and uh, yeah, it, it, it helps, uh, helps uh, us get through these discussions, but uh, all the you and I, uh, we wear our passions on our sleeves for these stories, these themes, these mm-hmm. things that move us as we start to wrap up here, looking back here in season one, where's your heart right now? As we have to wait about two years. Oh my! I just don't. God. I don't even like. Two. I don't even like hearing that, Ken. Yeah. I, I I really don't. It, it's it's legitimately what a first world problem. Uh, but it, it <laughs> totally. is frustrating because they. I think this is the most high pressure scenario that has existed in the television landscape since the Mandalorian. That had to yeah. be proof positive that that could work in television. This mm-hmm. had to be proof positive that this could work in television, and it was a deeper, more complex, more already populated, and like. Mandalorian had the freedom to be original. Yeah. This freedom to be 60% original, yeah. like 50, 55. Like th- this was a high pressure do or die on these eight episodes that if this did not work, uh, of course we would have always found things to love. Like we mm-hmm. want to look for the good. If, if the writing here was terrible, I would still be able to say, but I love those actors. Like I will always look for the thing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they made it sing so beautifully, the fact that I can get to a scene at the end, which we'll talk about more in full when we have time later on in a future episode, but Elrond figuring it out mm-hmm. and not saying anything. Celebrimbor is too busy being like, I'm awesome. So forget <laughs> that for a second. Like he's, he's too busy like, hell yeah. Hey. And like everyone else is like, by the way, if you are, if you know anything about Celebrimbor history, which I have taken the YouTube deep dive into, yeah, bad times ahead for that guy, and he is so <laughs> smug that it is going to be very interesting to see how it goes down. But the uh, the relationship between these friends, the reunion, so beautiful. The way that that came back from pilot to finale yeah. of they're together. What trust is yeah. that? Because I'm asking more of you, that is going to take the trust that we said we had. Um, that and then to be challenged on that cliffhanger. And does Galadriel clock that he knows what she knows? Yeah. Or is she just beginning to? Is it a, is, you know, it, there's those questions that are fun to play with, but yeah. the souls of, of the characters is, is what mattered. Um, and th- if you can make me feel the same way that I felt when we left the Council of Elrond in that first movie, then when I was like, I love these people together. And yeah. that's, that's what I felt every single episode. And every time I didn't have somebody, like I didn't have Arandir and Bronwyn and Theo or the Dwarven right. family. I didn't have any of them this episode and I yeah. missed them. Mm-hmm. And that I'm, cons- I felt my, I felt my, my heart telling me, but is Duran okay? Has he, has he <laughs> talked to his dad? Yeah. Like, and that's a success. Right down there. Yeah, that's a success. I stepped on your last line there, but I agree with that there. I'll give Rachel the final word here as we look back in season one. And in, in a brief fashion, we'll do, a, like we keep saying, a live Q&A next week. And we're not necessarily done talking about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power here on Casually Talk, a Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire first podcast. But, hey, this is now part of what we do here. Yeah, this season you mentioned, Alden, I really do agree. I think this was one of the highest... Uh, in terms of pressure, this is one of the the, the, the the highest bars faced by any television show, even over House of the Dragon, which if that fails, like the answer would be like, well, of course, you know, uh, Game of Thrones was, was this phenomenon. How, how could you recapture that? House of the Dragon's doing yeah. its own thing. It's going pretty strong. That Mandalorian didn't just have to do something for the Star Wars world live action TV. It had to make Bob Iger's dream of Disney plus a reality. It had to get off the <laughs> ground. A lot of pressure there. But this one doesn't just have... Uh, the $750 million budget for the series. It doesn't have Jeff Bezos from his space rocket looking down saying, make it so. It, it had the pressure of decades of fandom, decades of lore, decades of Tolkien uh, lore heads, and I mean that with the most affection I can I can uh, put into those words. 
Jackson's movies, the animated movies, whatever. The people with tattoos, the people like me, my fiance Grace, we, we, our, the first gift I ever gave her was uh, Aragon's sword sitting in our living room. Just anyone <laughs> wants to come in, how we got a sword ready for you. It's the pressure was immense, and this show didn't hit for everyone. It's never going to. It uh, took some big swings. That means you might miss some. But I think at the end of the day, it, it felt cinematic, and I felt inspired, and I can't wait for the next chapter. So uh, I'll look at season one with a lot of affinity going forward here. Rachel, final word looking back on season one for now. Yeah, I have Sting right there hanging on my wall. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you both said it so well. They they had the highest of mountains to climb. And what I actually think they did, which in turn was the right thing to do, was I never felt a lot of fan service. I think they understood the fandom and the lore heads and those things. And I think that they themselves are to some degree or other. Mm -hmm. But I think they set out to tell a great story with great characters that had to touch a handful of things in order to, to live in this world and to pay homage to Tolkien and make sure that they're still carrying on his legacy and his word. But they just set out to do it in a way that was character first, emotion first, throw all the money to get the cinema quality, which you did above and beyond. Yeah. Like I, again, I rewatched a little bit of episode three last night and the first shots of Numenor still take my breath away. Like they, they really leaned into that, but more importantly, they leaned into the characters and made us care about them new and old and even the new, the old characters in new ways. Um, I still think Elrond is the MVP because of his relationship with Doran and Disa, but then without even having them in this episode, his relationship with Galadriel, it's like he just works so well with the people around him and you get the 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 internal and the the emotion and the connection and i just buy it every time um i didn't think they'd get me to care about the southlanders after the first like episode i wasn't even sure necessarily about the harfoots but by the end of this i am boxes of tissues in and just so so thrilled that i've come to love these characters and these relationships as much as i have and really just can't wait to see where they go from here so honestly like huge gratitude and congratulations that they pulled to this season off it's not for everybody people will find things wrong with it and they'll go their own way but for me even as a big tolkien lore head I think they got it mostly right, and that just makes me so happy. And I want to, I want to make a Cashly Talk Tolkien lorehead cheese head hat we can sell. <laughs> that people can do it there, but it's um, a thick book. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a thick, tome. It's a thick, oh, that's beautiful. There you go. That's it. It's beautiful. And here's the thing: this show, Alden, you mentioned it. I'm doing it. I'm someone who's loved these the movies for the last 20 yeah. years. I, I don't go into the wikis. I don't watch the YouTube channels as I do in Star Wars, Game of Thrones, other worlds. I've, I've already begun, begun doing that. I love listening to Rings and Realms and, and uh, uh, the team over there diving in deep. I've listened to some other channels. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think this is going to start to pull in. And those casual fans, those mm-hmm. uh, those fans who just like, yeah, I kind of like it. I think a lot of them will be pulled in. And like we said, not for everyone, yep. but we focus on the joy here. And that is our time here today. Uh, we will uh, be discussing more on just uh, Rings of Power, doing a live Q&A uh, very soon. Look for that. We'll get a, a big panel here and talk about ideas, theories, and looking forward uh, forward to the future. It uh, looks like 2024 is when season two might come out. Maybe, maybe that can get pushed up. Uh, I hate to think that uh, when this show wraps up, the five seasons, I'll be in my early 50s. I'm going to have to accept that. It's about I had the same forward. thought just now. Not about you, about me. I was like, I'll be almost 30. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, but, be quiet. I think it hurt. I think it hurt Rachel's and I soul a little bit when he's like, you know, in my childhood when fair, oh, F you. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's like all generations, all points of view to make these shows work. And we absolutely celebrate those there. So we're out of here. Uh, we're out here right now. Don't forget, you can follow us here on uh, YouTube. Subscribe, uh, hit the bell, do all those wonderful things, blah, blah, blah. But listen to the podcast over on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Casterly talk we're on facebook as well many uh, other things possibly looking forward as we build this channel out in the future we're talking about a discord server talking about other things uh as we grow i cannot thank 
uh, Alden Diaz enough for uh, uh, taking uh, taking my call for adventure to come in here and help uh, build out Castle Talk with me a little bit more. And Rachel, uh, we've known each other for a long time, and my schedule's been so crazy last year. And I remember I got a text from you like, hey, I wouldn't mind talking about Rings of Power this year. It's like, well, of course, I've got to make sure this happens. Let me clean up my act to get you in here. Always valuable to have your uh, uh, your insights and your love of this series. So thank you for joining us on this adventure, too. Happy to. Absolutely thrilled to. All right. You can, uh, like I said, follow me uh, if you want at Ken Knapsack or my website, KenNapsack.com. If you're listening today, I'm in La Jolla this weekend with Mark Ellis and Jen Sturger doing some comedy at Seattle at the end of the month doing some comedy with Mark Ellis. Uh, Rachel, where can they follow you if they have some uh, questions about where they can get the lore head that we're going to build? I am uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel Cushing Levine, all one word. That's right. Don't forget that Levine. I have. I'm going to update my email contact very soon. <laughs> very soon. Alden, uh, we'll see you uh, as well, and 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 Rachel too, uh, possibly for uh, uh, House of the Dragon. Uh, don't forget that show. We still have two more episodes to review there. Alden, where can they find and follow you? You can find everything I do at that Alden Diaz on all the platforms. T H A T A L D E N D I A Z, where I'll be listening to Fiona Apple's ring song mm-hmm. uh and that's what i'll be doing for the rest and of the poppy's week. walking song i'm sorry yes. like i yeah. I, I, I downloaded that yeah. one yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely great stuff great stuff so for rachel cushy levine alden diaz fiona apple and music from the 90s this has been our look at rings of power episode eight we'll see you soon friends bye